Der Triathlon Show 312. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I interview Rick Velati. Rick is a national coach with British Triathlon's World Class Program, where the ultimate goal is to achieve Olympic medal and gold-winning performances. Prior to this current role, Rick spent almost 12 years as the head coach of the Great Britain and England Talent Program under British Triathlon. We will talk about things like uh, Rick's coaching and training philosophy, long-term athletic development, and coaching youth and junior athletes in this interview. But before we get into that, big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Precision Hydration that create electrolyte products that you can match to how you sweat, and fueling products that make it easy for you to hit your numbers. When it comes to electrolytes and sodium in particular, remember that we all have different sweat rates and we all have very different sweat sodium concentrations. So for example, for me personally, I lose more than 2000 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat. And on the bike in a race, if I sweat around 1.5 liters per hour, which I would do in a hotter summer race, my and my aim being to replace at least 70% of what I lose, I would need to consume at least 4,200 milligrams of sodium just on the bike in a 7.3 distance race, depending on how fast or slow the course is. But on the other hand, somebody who loses 500 milligrams per liter and just sweats uh, 0.8 liters per hour would need to replace a lot less, about eight times less, in fact, for the same duration out on the course. Precision hydration products and free online sweat tests or advanced in-person sweat tests makes it easy for you to figure out what you should do when it comes to electrolytes. Use the promo code Show 15 to get 15% off your first order on precisionhydration.com. And big thank you to Senate. The Senate Indoor Swim Trainer is a swim training tool that you can use at home, allowing you to improve your technique, work on power and stamina, and save time and stay consistent. It is a fantastic way to work on swim-specific core activation because the instability element of the bench forces you to stabilize your core and it helps you to work on a high elbow catch because the height of the swim bench is perfectly designed for forcing you to keep that elbow up. You can get tips and specific workouts to use on the trainer through Senate social media channels like YouTube and Instagram. The Senate Swim Trainer is very affordable and even more so with a 20% discount code that you can get on senateswimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. If it helps you get more consistent with your swim training, it might be one of the best investments that you can make. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Rick Velotti. Welcome to that Triathlon Show, Rick. How are you doing? Morning, Michael. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah. Can you start by just uh, giving the audience a bit of an introduction to yourself, uh, who you are, and what, what is your background in, in triathlon and in coaching? Yeah, sure. Um, well, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, my name is Rick Bellati. Um, I, I work for British Triathlon. Um, I, yeah, I got in triathlon really from sort of 98, 99. Um, I came to Loughborough University to study English um, with a passion for football. Uh, I didn't really uh, know much about triathlon back then, but I really found my way into the sport via uh, coaching opportunities and um I very quickly became involved in uh, coaching the, the student club. Um, that's where some of my friends that I met at university were. Um, and that sort of that coincided with um, meeting meeting some good people in the sport of triathlon. And um, I, I had a desire to uh, get involved in teaching, which is how I ended up going into coaching, not classroom teaching. Um, and so this is, yeah, going back a good few years. But for me, it, it's important because it really has set up where I am now. And around that sort of time um, in Loughborough, there was a, the first phases of the junior program were being created um, in, in British triathlon. Uh, and a guy called Dan Salcedo uh, was, in, was in Loughborough. And I really just started, you know, working alongside him with the program, um, coaching the student club and being involved in the early national junior program. Um, for me, then, it was a real good opportunity uh, that there was a coaching apprenticeship role that was available with uh, involving British Triathlon and Loughborough University. Um, so I, I successfully applied for that. And really, for the next few years, had an opportunity to, yeah, to, to work alongside 
the national program while coaching day to day in Loughborough. And um, from there, yeah, my my opportunities have all existed within British triathlon. Um, I, I went to to Wales for for four years uh, to again work alongside uh, Chris Jones um, and yeah, Mark Jenkins, Helen Jenkins, and other athletes down there in Swansea. And then really the the main bulk of my career, um, I came back to Loughborough after the Beijing Olympics in 2008. Um, and I then uh, took on the responsibility of the talent programme, uh, youth and junior programme in British Triathlon uh, based up at Loughborough. And that's a role that I really did um, through until pretty much when the pandemic started. My role was, was sort of subtly changing the back end of 2019 to become much more um, involved in the under-23 uh, programme. So I'm kind of now in a position where my yeah my role is a, is a national coach within British Triathlon. Um, I'm not a guy who's, who's on the cold face every day dealing with athletes, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm there in a national capacity. And um, I'm kind of thinking of how to describe, I'm kind of like a grey area coach. I'm not like working right at the top and I'm not working right at the bottom but in this kind of middle middle zone of uh, of working with athletes from sort of uh, 18 through to their you know the mid-20s with the different changing structures they have around them um, and it's a role that I, I, I really really enjoy um, and that's kind of yeah how I've got to where I am and, and where I am now. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, backstory and uh, so so you didn't really do triathlon yourself you just got involved through the coaching opportunities is, is that correct or did you actually did you do some triathlon uh, I, yourself as well I, I did I did one triathlon uh, I did the university's Olympic distance triathlon I think it was in 1999 um, I was again a guy on it just did it on a mountain bike it was a pool swim down in Bath 40k on a mountain bike and and tried to hack out a 10k run off my football playing fitness um, I just thoroughly, I just really enjoyed the challenge and I, I enjoyed, I really just enjoyed the the people that I met in triathlon. And as I say, it was a point in my life when I was 18, 19, like classically not really knowing what to do. But I had a you know, real thought that I had a real interest in, you know, kind of what well, English was my, my chosen study, um, but really to get involved in teaching. And I loved sports. Obviously, I loved football. I was never going to be a football player. And so, yeah, I, I really fell into triathlon and, um, you know, I owe triathlon a, a lot of um, debt, really, for the opportunities that it, it's provided me with. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And uh, I think we have we have a lot in common there. I also loved football and played that growing up and I was also never going to <laughs> make it as a football player and then <laughs> fell into triathlon instead somehow. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's funny. Um so you've been with British Triathlon now for uh, for many many years, and and you've seen many Olympic cycles uh, from from your role within British Triathlon. So can you discuss the the great success that you have had overall when when it comes to uh, Olympic performance and uh, World Triathlon Series and and so on? Uh, there must be something that that you're doing right over there. I think yeah, there's there's obviously there's there's a lot of depth now. There's a lot of depth. In, in how I think, well, sport, but how British triathlon have got to to where we are. I think there there is clearly a lot of a lot of global success that that is seen, and there's there's a lot of athletes across a, a number of years who've contributed to that, as well as obviously great infrastructure that we have with day to day training opportunities, medical support, a really healthy domestic sort of competition structure, as well as the the growing international one. I think my my biggest sort of thoughts on on this are I, I really do believe that it's that we're British Athena, we aim we aim to be good at learning. So taking experiences right back from even before Sydney, you know, and the Sydney Games, what what happened there that then then shaped the sights on the next Olympic Games. And there's things like you know in Sydney, for example, we had great experience with someone like Simon Lessing going and and youths. Tim Don making his his debut there and I think that through that next cycle you know into Athens there's even stories there with what did we learn from you know just injury management Paul, weirdly I was living with Paul Amy at the time we qualified for for the Athens games and and then sadly you know injured himself beforehand and and he missed out and, and Mark Mark Jenkins came in 
and the, the kind of the story around Athens is, you know, you've got a guy, you know, Mark, who on the biggest day, you know, it didn't go well for him, and but he's still got the desire to pick up his bike and, and you know, mechanical and the attitude that, you know, the characteristics that he had to do that uh, shape then what we then begin to see for us as a, as a federation through Beijing. Um, where we had a we had a real mix. We had Tim there at his third games, and we had Helen and Holly Avaland and Alistair and Will Clark um, at their first games. And I think that was the, the sort of the change, which I say I think it all links because what we've learned is I think if you if you invest and you try to really invest time, not just money and resource, but time in in youth and junior development, um, that they uh, they. The athletes, they're, they're really exciting. They're really exciting. And what we're then beginning, you know, what we've seen then through the last few games, obviously, is on the, we've seen the the career of, of Alistair and and Johnny, which is obviously incredibly, incredibly well um, documented. Um, but I think that, yeah, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that the the athletes that have, that have come through, um, that they, they've, They've really created a lot of momentum through each game cycle. And I think that being able to focus um, on the Olympic Games um, as they come round is a, is a real strength of, of the athletes and, and a strength of the federation that we're, kind of, that we're able to do that. Um, but, you know, I think also along the way, there's, <laughs> for all the successes, there's, there's athletes across Olympic Games who... You know, they don't get they. Not everyone gets a medal at the at the Olympic Games, but I think that what what has happened with with us is that there's so many athletes, uh, great athletes, competing athletes that there's a real sort of healthy competition to push the standard in the sport. And I think that what's what's happened through this kind of timeline is that the standards in the sport have been raised. Some of them, you know, some of it clearly by by our athletes, and some of it by that's probably inspired other athletes from other countries to push on. Um, and I think that we're at this really great point where we've got, you know, some really exciting young athletes who are who are breaking through onto a world stage. But, yeah, I, I genuinely, genuinely think that that is also built on um, the the success and also the challenges of, of athletes that have gone before them. Um, and I think obviously alongside all that, you know, the, the athlete cohort, you know, we've been able to to build, um, you know, healthy coaching structures we, we've got we you know we've got good um good opportunities to you know to provide a lot of coaching and medical support to athletes through through our our programs and ultimately the intent is that that helps athlete development mm. so that's kind of the intent and, and why i think that we've been able to be um as as successful as, as we are Yeah, you, you mentioned there the uh, just the the depth of of talent and, and athletes that you have. Is that it, from from the outside it looks like yeah it is it is a, a a depth of talent like a real real rich depth of talent that you have. But is that is that the case, or or do you think that you are perhaps just also really good at developing the ta talent that you have? Do you see actual actually at the grassroots a larger influx of triathletes than many other countries your size might have or or do you think it's a bit of both maybe I, th i think it's a bit of both i think i don't know the exact numbers across other federations but you know i certainly know from my interactions with you know particularly a lot of the european countries that um you know for example we 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 would have you know 400 youth and junior triathletes come and attend our our national Um, call it a selection weekend, if you like, in you know, which is traditionally in the early part of the year, maybe April time. So we know that there's a there's a really healthy body of athletes that are wanting to do triathlon in their teenage years. And I think that um, as, I, as I mentioned, we've got you know we've got the opportunity to to provide um, across different regions coaching support for those athletes. So there's there's a desire to yeah keep a keep a wide net, if you like, that we're not just trying to cherry pick you know 10 athletes that we perceive to be are oh, they're the next best athlete I kind of think that no it's more you know keep keep the net wide at, at younger ages and and provide coaching opportunities uh, for athletes to develop in um, 
and just support them along the way and you know kind of you get these natural pinch points in in athlete development for different reasons across you know teenage years and then junior to senior and you know going to university or moving from home going to training centers or whatever that that kind of there's almost a a slightly natural self-selection on who who wants to keep pursuing triathlon at, at a high level and um I think that our role is to just yeah is definitely to support you know a manageable a manageable number of athletes through their teenage you know youth and junior years and just work with them to support them and and then as they you know as the as the the best ones if you like if they if they come through then they've um you know we we've probably worked with them for a number of years before they've they've arrived at that point yeah so so would you say that if you can support more youth and junior athletes even if it means slightly everybody gets slightly less of the same pie maybe they they can't go to a to as many training camps or as many races but but you can support more athletes with basic coaching in their hometowns in their home regions you would choose to support more more athletes generally speaking i think yeah there's definitely the, the guys there's definitely a you know there's definitely a capacity of how many can be supported you know at a regional level but it's it's definitely in double figures not it's not trying to sort of just have six from a, a large region it's kind of you know as you get towards the 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 national national camp level then the numbers are getting get smaller but i think there's definitely a way to support more athletes you know across the regions which then obviously nationally then we've got a we've got a big um, a big catchment of supporting athletes and we've got a we've got a a good idea on what the context of the the athletes are at different ages and stages mm. what do you think the the culture of triathlon is like in uh, in the uk in great britain we're hearing about how uh, like alistair brownlee in particular with his goals uh and well the brownlee projects in general have have really made such an impact in the in the public eye that well as opposed to many other countries people everybody actually knows what a triathlon is for for one thing and and then secondly perhaps even or somebody like alex e saying that he took up triathlon being inspired by by the brownlees mm -hmm. do you think that in the uk triathlon is just more uh established now than in many other countries and it's much more of a sort of normal thing to do uh and and not just a fringe sport yeah i think it's definitely i mean we're really we're really lucky that the again i think the characters that do triathlon at, at the highest level they're they're brilliant people they're really they're good role models they're you know they're they're accessible to people uh they they tell good stories about the sport um as i say i think yeah everything that alistair and johnny have done in the sport is is there for everyone to see and they've they they've been brilliant for the For, the, for growing the sport and I think also just going back to the the previous bit the impact of a home games London Olympic Games across the sport generally was massive for us in in Britain um but you know then yeah pe people more recently you know you're seeing um Alex and 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 Georgia um who are you know if you like you know currently they're you know they, they both are you know are are silver medalists from uh from tokyo in the individual races but um i, I think that they're, they're as i say they're they're just they're accessible people they're really good people they'll they'll help others they'll communicate well they've got a really healthy just philosophy on sport and 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 pushing their limits of their sports and enjoying sport for the right reasons um and i think that that's the, the culture that that we've got i think across you know, our both the male and the female side of the program is look sure that there's competition for places on teams, but there's a real ethic there of a, you know, hard work, of being grounded, of being um, as I say, this accessibility. I think in the modern age that those guys, like through the pandemic, you know, we ran a load of calls, uh, Zoom calls and connections for uh teenagers, the youth and junior programs, because they had significantly more restrictions on, you know, They couldn't swim, for example, whereas obviously elite athletes could. But those guys, you know, across the whole program, not just the two I mentioned, they, they all gave their time. And I think that ability for the culture of them, you know, putting back in, um, helping the community of triathlon, not just in performance, but in the in the grassroots, in the 
the different you know the different strands of the sport is is really healthy for the sport so i think the the culture that that is seen uh you know uh through the the characters on the world stage is is really healthy and i think it's really a lot of it is really down to how how those guys operate um as you know senior professional athletes in the sport and it's really good mm, yeah now let's move on a bit to your sort of personal uh views on on coaching and, and development and, and if we start by just you describing a bit more about your general coaching and training philosophy how you view it what are kind of the the main tenants if you will that uh, that you think are important i think yeah on a on a coaching philosophy i think it it's really back to coach the person first and the, and the athlete second I, i think that that's something that you know i maybe not always get right but i think to to stand by something that you've yeah got to got to really uh try and help the person and the the technical elements of of being a triathlete sort of fall out of that i think that how how i would you know i believe in trying to build relationships with with athletes and um i think you can only or i can only do that by trying to um again develop a, a good open honest relationship with with the athlete um you know when you when you put in front of them or when you meet them or for the first time i think that um it sounds a bit holistic but i i genuinely think i found you know you can't get the um the buy in with athletes if they if they don't know that you're really interested in them and care about them and 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 what they're going through to progress i think that that's something that i've i've learned really through spending so much time with uh youths and juniors that um they are at you know under 18s they're they're always uh someone else's child or someone else's kid and i think that that level of responsibility that you take on as a coach uh, i always remember that which is why from a, a philosophical sense there's definitely a a duty of care to the athletes almost regardless of their age that that i you know i put i try and put foremost in my in my mind um as a coaching philosophy and kind of on a a training side of it i guess it's it, it's linked it's linked to that that it's it's kind of health first i think that that's something that has definitely grown more clear to me over the years that um a healthy athlete physically will always have an opportunity to perform a healthy athlete mentally will always have the opportunity to just think clearly be happier be more content in themselves have more self confidence have more self esteem uh, and and how those characteristics are developed in an athlete is as important as the the training the physical training um so kind of yeah without sounding too wishy washy that that's kind of where where I am from a philosophical point of view and and almost beginning of a training you know training point of view as well and and uh, as some examples of how how to ensure that you keep your athletes healthy physically and mentally can you just name a couple of things that you either do or just a couple of maybe potential pitfalls that you need to avoid uh, to to ensure that that is the case um yeah i think certainly one one thing is intensity management i think that you know hear a lot about you know they need to be doing a good amount of aerobic training um obviously <laughs> that's that's key factor of our sport but i think it it's it's so easy across you know three different sports um to be to be pushing too hard and i think if you're only doing maybe one discipline you can you can get away with that as an athlete but across three if you if you if you dip in um go too hard too often across perceived aerobic work um you're just inviting just too much hormonal stress too much fatigue that kind of isn't really obvious at first but you know a week 10 days down the line you're suddenly very aware that the athlete is um is more fatigued than you kind of think they should be um and and again you you're just losing you you're losing training time from just over pushing um simple aerobic work that should be um kind of easy to manage easy to do relatively stress free um but done too hard it it just can invite too much fatigue and it then ends up compromising your harder sessions which 
they're going to be done anyway but then you're going into those harder sessions already with a level of fatigue that doesn't need to be there so I'd say that that's definitely one thing that that I've I've learned more about and um the other things particularly with this at this age of athlete that I say I've spent you know most of my time working with directly or indirectly is um it's just the overall overall load of what they do um you know the the schoolwork the university work um how sleep and rest are are at times completely compromised um and those simple things that well we think they're simple um but if they're not uh, recovering properly normally eating properly resting properly and sleeping properly then you're you're already really really compromising your your basic immune function never mind trying to take on 15 20 22 25 hours of training a week um so those are the things i'd say definitely uh, you know just learn more about um how to keep athletes healthy mm. on the intensity control side of things um how i'm interested how how do you do that with younger athletes who maybe aren't as aware as more experienced athletes about what easy means and what what is not easy anymore do, do you actually at a pretty early stage instill some sort of uh quantitative measures like heart rate zones or, or how does it work i think that those yeah the heart rate zones and of course now you know on the bike power has become a lot more accessible um so again i'd say it's definitely very much athlete athlete for athlete like it's it's again back to what i said about relationships and trying to not just through me but through the structures that we have trying to find a, a better way of supporting athletes and educate them that yeah I, I think basic yeah understanding what does easy feel like you know that could be a metric on on heart rate or it could be a metric on pace or it could be a metric on literally just a, an rpe scale like you know how hard out of 10 or how hard out of 20 is this and you want to make sure the majority of your work is kind of a you know, three or four out of 10, like any higher than that, you're going into that middle inviting fatigue sort of area. Um, but I think in those, yeah, the, the harder balance is then is protecting the hard sessions that you know that a lot of athletes, you know, younger ons, they'll, they'll be in, in club sessions where you as a triathlon coach may not have um, direct control over. So you're kind of almost, you are, at times reacting to what's what's happened which is why it's even more important to protect the protect the recovery around sessions and also protect any aerobic work that's in the athlete's program to really make sure that it is as i say just just really easy and 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 it protects those those hard sessions and i think as the athletes you know generally get older what tends to happen is you end up having more you know, control or more influence over those quality sessions through the week so the you know the i think the education and the knowledge around you know how much and 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 how hard the hard sessions are becomes more more clear but it's certainly tricky uh for yeah for for a good stage of really trying to get that clarity on 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 how hard are the hard sessions and how how easy are the athletes making the easy sessions it's a, it's a really tricky tricky stage that yeah and and what about the other uh, aspect of just the overall uh, load and stress that you mentioned with sleep with schoolwork and so on is that something that you just have to have a conversation on a regular basis with each athlete individually to get a qualitative view of that i because i, I guess that uh handing out palms and dull scales to to younger athletes is not necessarily something that is easy to do on a very uh, frequent and regular basis no i think yeah it's it's a good point i I think that you know in my in my experience uh, it's certainly with the younger athletes at home it's 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 conversational in that it's it's just it's just trying to uh like just work with them and and particularly you know the parents is a key influencer that you know if if it's only possible for an athlete to get eight hours of sleep a night because they're getting in from evening run club or evening swimming at half past nine at night and they've got to be up for early morning swimming at five in the morning then it's you're just really aware of these pinch points so it's really just trying that sort of stage to um work with and uh, educate sounds really patronizing when you you know when you're going into uh, sort of telling parents what what you think about their (laughs) their day-to-day routines but there's really obvious pinch points in in young athletes um structures we say with 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 school and and clubs that they have 
that you're just trying to literally look at where the real risk areas here and trying to put support around them. It's easy, like you know, they they can now report on you know on training peaks and 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 things like that and how much sleep they've got. So you can you can definitely track it. Um, but I think it's more also conversational that you're just trying to help just educate them that if they're wanting to do this amount of training on a consistent week in week out basis, then there's going to be pinch points in the week. Recovery needs to be really valued. Things like sleep, you know, as well as you know, a good good meals and stuff are, are really important. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, I think it's just that support and education, really. It's it's an important point that about also talking with the parents because you you might talk to an athlete and uh, and they might understand what you're saying and uh, maybe even agree with it, but then if the day to day rhythm at home is such that it's difficult for them to actually let's say go to sleep early enough so that they get enough sleep for the early morning swim then yeah it's just implementing it becomes a struggle but but if you then can have parents help 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 reinforce the structures around it at home then then it becomes much more likely to actually happen yeah i think that that that's definitely the you know again as i say the intent with kind of what we try to do through british triathlon is in, with the number of the, the the coaches that we have at at regional level and and trying to reinforce nationally that you know athletes in their in their home environment they're going to be there again uh, you know in, in our society you know probably up until at least 18 with their a levels and then do they stay at home or do they do they move so you're at a key point in your athletic development 16 to 18 where you know you, you, you're trying to you're trying to put in a, a good amount of aerobic training in amongst what's probably a structure that's heavily club based um and yeah it's a really it's a really challenging period of of athlete development and also just the the young person's development with you know school structures exams all those pressures as well as trying to probably <laughs> um qualify for national teams qualify for european and world championships perform at those championships so you're just recognizing all these stresses and and how to stay healthy how to you know how to stay healthy and give yourself a chance of being near your best on a start line is a it's a real challenge, um, and that's why I think yeah to go back to what you're, you're saying about the desire to work with the parent. It's more just a desire to understand the athlete support network and their support team, um, kind of as early as possible, because you know you recognise in in say my kind of role you're you're not there every day you're more detached but it's kind of a, a responsibility of the the responsibility of the national program in you know in 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 my sense that you're you're trying to reinforce healthy messages to athletes to give them the best opportunity to develop and that will involve a lot of people at those particularly those younger ages and um yeah so you've got to be prepared or in my in my opinion definitely got to be prepared to to work with a number of people and work through a number of compromises to really help the athletes have the opportunity to to grow. Mm, yeah. Uh, and in terms of the development arc of the athlete, uh, we when we talk about long term uh, athletic development and, and things, how how do you view that arc uh, from in your role in in British triathlon in in general? Can you can you explain that at a sort of at a high level? I think what we're what we're seeing is I think we've got to be as coaches more more open to a whole range of development profiles that are coming into our sport. Um, you know, there, there's you know there could be some fantastic swimmers from a swim background who haven't ridden a bike who might run a bit. There could be fantastic runners who who swim a bit but not enough um, who maybe ride a bit. There could be some exceptional bike riders who swim a bit and run a bit and I think that what what I think where we are now is what we're trying to do is just you know particularly through the challenges of the pandemic where swimming's been compromised for a number of for a generation of athlete really is just look at different strengths different development profiles that are coming into the sport and like I say you know just trying to find a way of supporting supporting them give it give it time to develop give it time also to address the 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 weak areas or the areas that need to be improved to give them a chance to you know progress in the sport but i think there's a range a real range of profiles we're seeing now 
Yeah. So would you say that it, are things becoming a bit more individual with the, the runner who maybe swims a little bit, but not that much, have a, quite a different program to the, the swimmer that, that runs a bit and, and bikes a bit? Or, and, and is that something that is changing or has changed more recently compared to perhaps in the past having been everybody follows the same program no matter what the background is? Mm. I think, yes, because I think that, again, in individually, particularly focusing on, on young, yet say younger athletes who are based at home, the, the biggest thing that I think that the athlete needs to do is to maximize what's around them. So if they've got a fantastic um, swim club or, or, or swim group that they can, they can access, um, for example, then you want to see them maximize that and, and take that as far as they can, rather than sort of thinking that oh to be a to be a triathlete I only need to swim three swims a week in there or four swims a week in there and then I, I can balance the rest of my program uh, another athlete might be living in a situation where there is a, a fantastic opportunity to access you know a triathlon program that is if that's if that's coached every day or most days then that's the best decision for them so a lot of it will come back to maximizing what's around them which is kind of why I say I think that well we need to be a lot more maneuverable just to uh, you know support the development uh, of athletes as we as we see them because they will be they all will be different but the idea the philosophy is to maximize each individual with what they've got around them at younger ages and then you get to a stage where obviously you know you then it becomes a lot clearer what are the what are the areas of development that are that, that need to be improved but I think if you try and really address that too early as a triathlete then you you might end up just cutting off um, that development range that might end up being an athlete's real super strength. Mm. But being aware of that. Yeah. Uh, that was, well, that leads nicely into the next question that I was going to ask about, which is uh, how you view uh, compare, like early spe- specialization compared to uh, developing a, a, a large range of, of skills, uh, I guess, skills and, and abilities at a young age. And, and, and how do you think that that is potentially changing in in triathlon as well i think um the biggest thing i think that, that's that's changing is it's kids are doing triathlon at a younger age so definitely having clearer sort of technical models particularly um you know across the specifics really there's more more demand for open water swimming for, for example so you sort of go down that route of how can we develop a generation of just more confident open water swimmers who are more confident in that environment um which i would say that 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 wasn't as clear say 10 years ago Uh, and and it's the same with bike riding just a number of you know conversations across with different coaches would be would involve a clear technical model for for cycling but also for confidence in packs and cornering skills and mounting dismounting skills when you've got 10 people around you and I think the yeah the skill set that an athlete now requires is is on one hand it's very very similar to what it was a few years ago but I think that as a I think as a coaching community we are just a lot more aware of the you know the, those technical aspects that need to be addressed at an early age um, and and the same things with you know in running running technique having just clear idea on a technical model that that you're working towards with an athlete um that yeah you want to see progress do you think that uh the access to starting triathlon at an early age is a big advantage compared to what used to be the norm in the past of coming from maybe a Mm -hmm. swim or run Mm -hmm. or even a bike background into triathlon is is it a big advantage or, or do you think you can still have as good of a chance of making it in triathlon even if you do just swimming let's say for for pretty long time into your teenage years mm. I'm, my 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 personal opinion i'm pretty open my open-minded on this that i think that that's where it's great for the sport that it's it's got to this point that it's it's definitely more accessible there are more kids more teenagers more young people doing triathlon i just think so much of it is the messaging of 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 us as coaches like if you've got an opportunity to as i say really develop um, you've got a, you know, you've got a real strength in in running, and you've got access to to competitions in athletics or competitions in swimming. Then 
I think it's just all back to how you, again, you've got that relationship with with the athlete and manage that development that you don't want to cut things off. If an athlete's got a clear strength, desire to do triathlon, but also a real strength and desire to compete at high levels in individual sports, then I, I think, yeah, it's definitely about not not cutting those opportunities off. And there's so much that you can learn from those athletes doing those activities as well. Mm, yep. Uh, and how do you view talent and talent identification? Uh, I mean, that's something that uh, obviously you, you have to do when when it comes to selection uh, and uh, for for programs and for for races. What are the the main things that that you're looking at within British triathlon in in your talent identification process? I think that we've yeah we we've definitely really looked at that, and I think we've yeah, there's definitely there's the physical side of of talent but that's kind of where we've got to is it's is that talent or is that just speed and is talent more of a mental attribute that is more of a psychological trait to do the work to to really persevere through tough times to have a long-range view on things so we kind of we used to it used to be called a talent program um but we we changed the language to be across our development to be just next generation so it's not a focus on on your ta- you know the message not being you're talented now you've been identified it's kind of like it's just bringing it back to you've got opportunities to to grow in the sport and we're going to support you they we feel like we're we know certain you know certain standards of performance you know what what does youth top you no know, top world youth performance look like well it's you know we're pretty clear on that what's 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 the standard of world junior performance we're, we're pretty clear on that I say pretty clear because it it'll always change year on year out but historically you know we can we can reference you know performance markers across athletes athletes development athlete journeys but I think the talent where where we are is we're, we're just seeing more and more um, that it's about how how an athlete will will persevere stick with things have that mental fortitude to you know to overcome the tough times and that's what i think we're trying to message through you know the well through coaching and the coaching profession is that it's not just about identifying perceived fast kids and that's it i think it's it's more there's more to it than that and it's it's providing a safety net for athletes providing you know that emotional support as well as the the physical uh the physical knowledge you know that says look at certain stages there's probably a a bandwidth of speed and a bandwidth of general aerobic work and a bandwidth of strength that you that you're going to need to do if you're looking to develop as an athlete and perform at different stages as you go through but i think the real talent is is just how you know how the athlete takes on that work and takes on the challenge and um yeah I, i really believe that 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 long-term perspective and the long-term self-drive and self-desire is as much the talent that you're kind of looking for at a young age as well as what you see in swim speed or bike competence or bike speed or run speed it's kind of which goes back to kind of this what i was saying about getting to know trying to get to know the person and find out what are their drivers what are their motivational drivers why are they taking up this challenge of triathlon and is it is it healthy is it mentally healthy um is this psychologically a really it's a good thing um and i think when you when you're a bit clearer on that that direction mentally then i think the physical side of it is is easier to to engage them with Mm. Yeah, that, that's quite similar to what uh, Adit Weiten of Norway uh, said on on the topic. I think he paraphrasing a bit, but for him, talent is basically being able to train train a lot, but also being willing to have the desire to to train a lot and, and not just train a lot, but to actually improve and, and go through that process of improvement. And uh, I, yeah, I like that rebranding from from talent program to next generation. It's a very sort of classic going from a Uh, almost like a fixed mindset to a growth mindset uh branding there yeah a li- yes yeah a little bit yeah um and uh then one question that i have as well on on the topic of youth and junior development is uh we, we talked about a few already but are there any other sort of common issues that he, that you see that that might prevent optimal development in uh, in these age categories 
Yeah, I think, yeah, one thing not to, that I haven't talked about at all with any of that is I think what I've learned is it's got to be fun. It's really, it, it's, it's got to be fun. Those, those years, those teenage years, um, it's got to be fun and it's a healthy balance of fun and focus that these, that age and stage, they genuinely, they're so exciting. They're, they're fearless. Um, they don't know what they can't do. And I think that that's our role is to try and nudge them and push them to find out like, what, what can you do? And I think you can definitely do that by creating, you know, an envi- you know, environments where you can have fun. They can just express themselves. And at times when it's when it's on, when it's requiring focus and attention, and that's to do with their goals, their drive, they've got a license to completely do that. Because the the challenges just mentioned there, I mean, obviously there's there's the whole pressure, you know, with everything in their life at that point. You know, as I said, school exams, high performance competitions, um, a, you know, growing sort of ex- expectations of others. Um, this age of social media and you know different things coming in that weren't there 10 years ago Um, I think how the coach or coaches or the coaching program you know works with those young people to support them is is really really important and I think that work cannot be underestimated with um, coaches working with youth and junior athletes because you know the other the other physical side of things is of course all the all the growing (laughs) you know athletes grow they become less coordinated going through different stages of puberty there's a lot of frustration with changing performance levels um and i just think yeah there's there's so much going on in those in those ages and i think that's that that's that's really what i've learned is not to underestimate not to underestimate anything um that's going on you know in in those ages and stages and things like you know things that really hurt athletes are not getting selected for things um and how that is then picked up with the athlete and probably their parents and other people is really important because you're trying to manage frustration and you're trying to manage um failure a lot more than success in those in those developing ages so how you as a coach handle dealing with perceived failure and frustration um and injury is is way way more important than how you handle an athlete who might win a medal at a championship or something like that and i think that yeah i i think that's so important yeah yeah i bet that you can you can lose a lot of potentially really really top level athletes if if those failures aren't handled properly um and other than that, do you have any other uh, pieces of advice that you would like to give uh, to coaches of youth and junior athletes, or even to parents, uh, if you have any anything on that side? <laughs> um, I, I don't. Yeah, it's funny giving advice feels very patronising. It's almost advice to myself from what I've learned is just um, to be patient. It, it it's really just classically not to look at a youth and junior career as a youth and junior career. It, it's literally is just the beginning. And I think many of the athletes that I've, you know, worked with, as I say, directly or indirectly will often remind me that, of course, you want to do your best all the way through. It's no, there's a philosophy, you're not trying to not do your best. So if you, if you win races or you get success as a youth engineer, that's great. But it's just the, the handling of the context that is so important. And it, I think when I mean the patience, it's, the youth and junior is you, you get athletes who are successful and you get athletes who aren't successful, but whether you're successful or not, it, it literally doesn't matter if the philosophy is that everything you're doing in the, that window of development is to prepare you for what's coming next, you know, out, out of juniors into that, you know, under 23 area. It's just a category. You only race under 23 twice a year in a championship. So you're basically a senior. And what goes with that, I think, as I say, you know, mentally is there's there's all changes like you you probably you could be out of education. So you, you're incurring debt from university staff. You might need to start self-funding what you do if you're not on a, a national funded funded program. And I think there's all those stresses that come in. So being clear mentally as a person, what are you trying to do from triathlon becomes really important. And physically, those stages of development, if you're trying to develop a clear, 
uh, robust technical uh, model across swim, bike and run that enables you to take on the kind of load um, and training volume that you need to sustain week in, week out to be a successful athlete. Then all those years across youth and junior is just is just preparation. Um, and I think really, yeah, trying to get that message through that, yeah, juniors, end of juniors is just the beginning. And it's a platform that you might have some great racing success and, and hopefully athletes do. But even if they don't, you've still accrued, you know, probably hopefully 20 to 30 decent racing opportunities. So in terms of, you know, skill development, uh, an understanding of race environments and, and understanding the, the technical side of your sport, every race you do is a, is a, is a great learning opportunity and, and really trying to capture your learning through each of your race opportunities capture your learning from a training point of view is is so important and i think yeah just to re-emphasize the learning aspects of particular youth and junior development um and focus on the process not not the outcome um is is advice that i'd certainly um reiterate and i would re-give back to myself to remind me <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's a great message and uh, switching focus a little bit now to uh, to amateur triathletes, and typically uh, we would be talking here about adult onset triathletes. Uh, of the things we have discussed here with the development of younger athletes, are there any things that you think are also uh, pertinent to the development of adult onset triathletes that we can we can kind of learn from this development process? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I've just regardless of age and and status, elite or amateur, clear goal setting is is one that you know that's very obvious. That, that I know that's not a physical thing, but just being clear on what is it you're getting ready for, what do you want to achieve, and work back from that. And the other the other side, which is is similar, is is max is maximize what's around you you know, maximize what you can do on a day-to-day basis and that your your training rhythm, training routine um, with what, you know, what an amateur traffic, you know, has to them with, with work schedules or, or or whatever they do. It, it's just to maximize the opportunities you have to train and recover in a sustainable way. And I think that's a message regardless of, you know, athletic status. Um and the other the other side of it is again uh, more of a technical technical focus that technical with again intensity management that you can always have clear uh, you know technical goals with whatever session you're doing across swim bike or run um and equally having good you know good idea on what intensity what speeds what paces what zones if you like are you are you setting about training every day so having a clear purpose with what you're doing um, in each session um, is equally important, mm. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, those, those are all great, great tips. And uh, we're coming towards the end here. So just a couple of sort of general and fun and interesting questions uh, for you as a coach. What would you tell yourself from 10 years ago uh, if you could go back in time? Two things, really. I think keep being curious. I think never stop asking questions. Um, and weird one is yeah you kind of in in sport you you almost always aim aim for the top you know you aim to go up and I think I would remind myself um you know just you don't have to you don't have to aim to go up everything not everything requires going up to Olympic senior level I think that there's there's a place where coaches uh, can really be their best and it and not everyone is destined to 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 do to fulfill um that olympic you know top of the tree as it's perceived i think that it would be learn to learn to be the best that you can be um in 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 what you do um and don't don't be drawn by um you know thinking that you've you've got to go to the top i I think that that's a, a message that has become really clear to me Mm. And what is one thing uh, that you're currently learning about or are fascinated by within coaching or endurance sport? For me at the moment, the fascination actually is it's a little bit linked to um, the pandemic 
situation it's it's really thinking about how can how can coaches um stay just mentally really um engaged and how can you stay you know mentally creative um we've had we've seen so many stories of athletes having to do creative things with with swimming and uh, uh and you know cycling particularly you know online through the pandemic but how you stay creative with with what you do as a coach um for me as a coach it is really important and and what i mean is like being creative in this day and age doesn't just mean going on to google and and clicking in something i think that the ability still to learn from others but also also just use your own your own mind and your own intuition um is, is equally as important it's something that i'm yeah I, i'm definitely keen to keep <laughs> keep thinking about Do you, have, do you have any example of something creative that that you've seen any any specific specific things maybe within one of the the groups that that you're involved with or in in the coaching as in the coaching sense i think the obvious one for me is just is through the last year how many people um how many people bought pools to put up in their garden and and do a lot of resisted te- you know tethered swimming um and actually how many people are still doing that within within a normal you know they can swim normally now but you're still seeing people doing tethered swimming um because it's really helped with some shoulder robustness or or, th- or things like that i think things that people have learned over the last 18 months about themselves or about their technical program that they keep doing now um because it really helped them um but yeah tethered swimming would be would be one you know one thing definitely Yeah. And uh let's move on to the rapid fire questions. So take just one sentence to answer each of these. And uh, the first one is what's your favorite book or resource? Uh my favorite book is still Better Training for Distance Runners. <laughs> it's by David Martin and Peter Coe. It's a it's an old book. Um but from a, I I I always enjoy referring to it from a it's the I say it's the, the best book that I've read in terms of just clear uh physiological you know education so mm. i will always refer to that it's 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 around running but it, you can apply it obviously to to any any sport yeah and uh what's an important habit that you've benefited from athletically professionally or personally um yeah <laughs> day-to-day consistency day-to-day consistency and it's back to just that desire to be to be healthy as a as a person i'm no use to other people if i'm not healthy and i think that that's a a trait that you you see in athletes the discipline to to train consistently day in day out but i think that yeah for me with with life as well just just aiming to be um you know healthy consistent with you know with what i do mm. and finally who's somebody that you look up to or that has inspired you uh the the person who's probably had the greatest impact on my career is is a guy called Chris Jones he was uh head coach of British triathlon uh, a number a number of years back and you know had had such an impact on a, a number of athletes um you know particularly the early early 2000s and, and, and what well, he still does to this day across different sports um but yeah for me yeah really really key figure in in helping me as a as a coach All right, so uh, thank you for that, uh, Rick. And uh, I'll have uh, a link in the show notes to uh, to your Instagram uh, profile, which uh, which I know is your kind of social media outlet yeah. of choice. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your experience and your thoughts with us. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. Okay, well, yeah, thank you, Mark. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that interview. As always, you can find the show notes on scientifictriathlon.com with links to Rick's Instagram and LinkedIn profiles as well as related episodes. And uh, I want to uh, remind you that uh, we have a training camp with Scientific Triathlon in Mallorca in 2022, the 26th of March to the 2nd of April. And we still have a few slots available. So if you're interested in training at one of the world's best spots for cycling and triathlon training and meet us Scientific Triathlon coaches, but also such a highly regarded coach as uh, Frank Jakobsen, who is a past guest on the podcast, 
then check out our website and sign up or email me to get more information about the camp. It will be a fantastic opportunity to build some really good fitness, get some invaluable education and uh, just get to hang out with uh, a bunch of like-minded athletes and uh, coaches. Next Monday on the podcast, we have a really interesting episode on the physiology of skeletal muscle determinants of endurance performance. So that's one for all of you who are really into physiology and science. It will be a really good one. And uh, finally, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Take the free online sweat test to get a personalized hydration plan for your next race and get 15% off their electrolyte and uh, energy products with the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW15. And a big thanks to Senate. Use the Senate Swim Trainer to improve your technique, power and stamina and increase your swim stimulus frequency even when you can't go to the pool or open water. You can get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on senateswimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving craft life.